0: Hello, everyone, and hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me, as always, is the one, the only, Darth Tuba. How are I- you today, sir?
1: I am doing well. Hello, everyone. Bright suns. I hope you're all having a good day. I am preparing for more flooding.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: hopefully not. We, uh,
0: we had some. We had some storms here yesterday. I know up further up north from where I live, in the uh, suburbs of Chicago, they were having. Uh, I think they had a couple of tornadoes, some tornadoes up there, and some other stuff. But we mainly just got wind and rain here. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, we we don't normally do too bad when it comes to the weather. We're actually pretty. Fortunate here but as i mentioned in last week's episode we got hit pretty hard and yeah. and, I, and i and if you want to anybody wants to see episode see check out my channel the darth tuba channel on youtube to see you know they we put a few things out there um about it and uh we're gonna have another follow-up soon but you know everything's back to normal now but then of course there's more rain coming mm-hmm. so i kind of set up my pumps ready to go and you know in case but i think we'll be okay we're we, we generally don't we don't, when they say flash flood warning, it's really, we're not a low lying area. So, but always want to be yeah. prepared. Always That's be prepared. True.
0: That's true. That's so. true. So, um, well, first of all, before we get started, again, I would want to remind everyone that War of the Stars is a part of the Red 5 family of podcasts. Go to red5network.com for more information. Remember, we are Red 5. With that out of the way, um, I know we said the last week that we're going to do a what if, but I've been doing some thinking, and I just want to do. I want to. Uh, I want to tell our Star Wars story. Um, you know, basically how we became fans. You know, our kind of journey into the fandom, and what Star Wars means to us, um, and. I, I said that there's going to be something I was going to do, uh, an announcement I was going to make. So I'm not going to wait till the end of the show. I'm going to do it right now. We want you to do the same thing. Um, I'm going to put this as a Facebook post. Hello, Chantal. Chantal. Um, hey. Nice to have you here. She's a uh, another member of Red Five, the Red Five Network. So it's great to see you. Uh, great to see you here. I hope you have uh, fun listening to the show. <laughs> anyway, like I was saying, um, I make a post on Facebook, but just, I said it right the first time. Awesome. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, just send us, uh, you guys, just to send us a short video um, explaining your Star Wars story. And if you don't feel comfortable being on air, just send us an email, and we will read we will read it read that email. Um, but we want to hear Chantel.
1: Hi, extra techie. <laughs> uh,
0: we want to hear your Star Wars story, as they are saying. Um, I think it'd be cool just to hear all those stories, and then have the have the uh, rest of the internet hear those stories too. So, with that being said, with all those caveats out of the way um uh, yeah we this should be an interesting one um interesting show with these guys in the chat they're, that's awesome uh, they're pretty cool uh well why don't you tell us your
1: your star wars story okay very good well thank you thank you Mark Mike my, my star Wars story begins in 1977 and it's uh you know I was I'm old enough to say that I was in the theater when when the first Star Wars just Star Wars, no One New Hope, no Episode Four, just Star Wars. Uh, came out, and I did not see it in the theater um, when you know on opening weekend. You know, hmm. Many people say they had, they did that, and let's face it, there were it was open in thirty-two theaters, so uh, most people didn't catch it until later in the summer, uh, like me, my family. I was I was six, I have a brother who was at the time nine. And my mom and my dad, and we went to go see it. And like many people's stories, uh, they they saw it, and it just for me. Well, for one thing, for me, it's got a, it. It runs parallel to something else, which is um, I saw the movie, blew me away as a, as a as a young kid. But I'd seen other movies, you know, like that that have been down that road. But then fast forward a few months, or actually a year, probably later, and I'm in a store, you know, in a a, a department store with my parents and lo and behold, there's a whole row of figures, action figures. Mm. And I realized, wait a minute, we can get this and act out the story and oh my goodness, that's like amazing. We can have our own adventures. So I remember I'd gotten, I think, Luke Skywalker and R2-D2 as my first two figures and my brother got Chewbacca and Darth Vader. Mm. And uh, we played together. My brother and I always got along. He uh, he and I have always been um, you know good buds with it. You know our our, our interests were different, but we both love Star Wars, so yeah. it was a great uh, thing for us to have. At the same time, I started taking violin lessons, and you know in, in my in my elementary school, and I started hearing a lot of stuff about violin and string instruments and and orchestra. And then I was at a friend's house around the same time that I got the figures, and they had an eight track tape. Kids, eight track tape, which is not anything like, you know, certainly not streaming, certainly not CDs, certainly not cassette tape or album, but just this, it's a wonky kind of media device that you could plug into a tape player and you could move from track to track, like jump random spaces throughout the track, which made it interesting, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Clunky. I like it. Uh, So we, uh, it, but it was uh, my friend had a, the soundtrack to Star Wars and it was my first time hearing a soundtrack from a movie that i remembered greatly you know obviously who, mm-hmm. who didn't remember the who didn't who, who forgot the theme it was crazy oh, yeah. and i i was blown away that you could just listen to the music and i fell in love with the music of Star Wars and at the same time i was learning to play violin i started putting the pieces together that that these the instruments that were heavily used in Star Wars soundtrack were violins and other string instruments. So I got, hey, ATSW a- a- the escape pod. Hello there. Hello there. So
0: General Kenobi.
1: I So my my love affair with Star Wars and my love affair with music and being a musician was uh, kind of in tandem with each other. And it just kind of spiraled throughout my love and my love of collecting while we're at it. And more toys came out. Um, and I just it just all kind of circled all part of it. I will say that again, kids, young, young, young folk out there, we didn't have DVDs or VCRs or anything of that nature. When the movie came out, you could go to the movies to see it again, or you could do something like we had the story of Star Wars, and I have the album like framed up here on the wall over here, and it was basically like a 40 minute version of the story with a narrator kind of piecing it together with dialogue, sound effects and music from the film. Mm-hmm. Awesome. If you ever find it, the story of star Wars, it's a great thing. And I would just, you know, as the toy started coming out, I was collecting and, and acting out my poor oh, yeah. death star space station. Every time it blew up, I just threw the thing in the air and it <laughs> <laughs> fell into a million pieces, but uh, yeah. it was just a great, it was a great childhood. It was great growing up. And it was great tying that into music, which now, for those who don't know, I'm a music educator and a professional musician, too. So it all kind of grew together. And, you know, I, I've, you know, of course, then the next two movies came out, Holiday Special, Droids and Ewoks cartoons. It was all part of my childhood. And uh, it was just something that it was a very positive, wonderful time in my life. So I'm very nostalgic for it. Uh, fast forward to the prequels and by this time I'm a parent, I have a child this, her, she was into the Star Wars movies we all enjoyed them, we had a good time Clone Wars came out, we were enjoying those and then now we got the sequel trilogy and Mandalorian and it's just never ending it's, just a, yeah. it's really just phenomenal I have a full room, you can see behind me of Star Wars collectibles that I just enjoy collecting and uh, musically, I've continued my journey as a musician and as a lover of all John Williams scores, not just Star Wars, but other ones. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to conduct my high school orchestra playing the original Star Wars main title, Imperial March, Yoda's theme, Princess Leia's theme, Throne Room March. We play the Throne Room March every year for graduation when the students leave. You know, they play the pomp and circumstance coming in, and then they play the whole Throne Room March when they leave. Mm-hmm. And we've just, I've been very blessed to you know to be able to have a job where I can do that and we've done marching band shows that were Star Wars we've done cabaret numbers with Duel of the Fates and you know I've been able to get Star Wars in yes John Williams is everything Chantel everything yes so my love affair is all the way all around uh, is that something you need a license for I actually purchased what's called through the school through my school the John Williams signature series which is actually Um, his actual arrangements of now you gotta remember John Williams did he wrote all the music to Star Wars, but he had orchestrators that worked with him. And uh, but it, you know, this they released these orchestrations, the concertized stuff, and you can actually purchase them and play them. Many orchestras do. Um, my school orchestra did. Now, thing is that the average high school orchestra piece costs like 50 60 dollars. If you want to get Star Wars, you're going to spend. Somewhere between six and eight hundred dollars, but thankfully our budget was able to cover that. And you know, it's the scores are beautiful, and it's it's not easy though. You could play like an easy version of Star Wars; it's a very watered down, very easy to play. But we don't do that. We try to play the real thing, and it's not easy. The kids kind of like look at it like, "Oh my God, there's too (laughs) Mr. McGallio. There's too many notes." Yes, overpriced. Well, <laughs> I, I would say extra yeah, I'm going to say this: that's not, um, that's not a Lucasfilm decision. That's a John Williams decision because all of the other John, you know, we also have Raiders March, we also have um, the Midway March, the March from 1941, Jurassic Park, and they're all ex- super expensive because they know that orchestra just want to play that. So it's supply and demand. So they they, they yeah. charge a premium for that. But it's doesn't matter. It's worth it. It's fantastic. And I'm so happy I get to do it. Yeah. Kids always want me to dress up, you know, as Darth Vader or something, but I never do that. I said, no, I just want to play the music. The music stands on its own. We don't need any fancy gimmicks. It's yeah. it's it's fun. So yeah. but that's my that's my basic Star Wars story, and you know, I I I, I love it. So yeah. Do you have... uh, What is your Star Wars story?
0: Well, I think my first... I've said this before. The first movie that I remember seeing that wasn't like a little cartoon or something geared specifically towards little kids was Return of the Jedi.
1: Nice.
0: Um, I was probably... See, I was born in 77, so I would have been... Six or seven, I think. If I if I do my math right, I'm not good at math. <laughs> um, but, um, and I distinctly remember being terrified of the emperor, being a little kid and being just terrified of the emperor. Um. But after that. I'm of that age and that era where I really don't remember life without Star Wars. Like, it's just always been there. I remember um, it was always going to be on TBS. They would always play the original trilogy, uh, usually around Thanksgiving time. So we'd always be at my my aunt and uncle's house, and Star Wars would be one of the Star Wars movies, would always be on. And.
1: Okay, I got to stop you for one quick thing. So when Star Wars is on TBS, okay? Yeah. Do you have to watch it even though we ho- we own it on every other form of media, the DVD, tapes, streaming. Do you have to watch it cuz I do.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a,
1: it's like yeah. I'm, can't turn the channel. It's return the, it's return of the Jedi. No. <laughs> <laughs> Full stop, stop when I
0: <laughs> Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like you can't. And, yeah, even my, and, and but it's... the best part is my wife, and we'll get it. We'll talk about spouses here. But my wife knows it, and she's like, and she just goes, "Oh, okay, I guess we're watching Return of the Jedi now." Yeah.
0: And it doesn't matter what part it's in either. Like if if you no. don't realize it's on, it's like, oh, it's all. It's halfway through the movie. Oh well. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. No, it's good. All right, I'm um, sorry. To, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no it's fine. <laughs> so it, it was that.
0: always just kind of there in the background for me for for years. Um, and my my cousin had all the toys. He had the Return of the Jedi set. So he had the, uh, Jabba's throne room, um, Jabba's palace. The Jabba. Jabba's uh, not the throne room, but Jabba's palace set.
1: Oh, you mean? Oh, Okay.
0: With the uh, you know, and he also he also had the Ewok he had all the, the, uh, the trees and stuff like yep. that. But my fandom, like, where I became like, okay, I need, I, you know, where it's just like, where it goes from something like, oh, this is cool. I like this too. An obsession started with the books. Um, it was probably about 94, 93, 94, I first got a hold of heir to the empire, um, and I was hooked. Um, just reading, the, and from there, I wanted to read the rest. I read the rest of the of the uh, the uh, the Zon, Timothy Zahn um, trilogy, and then I started reading the X Wing series. I started reading all of the books, and that's how I became hooked on Star Wars. Was, and from there, it was wanting to know more about the planets, more about the vehicles, more about everything else that so was, you know, the the guy all the guidebooks, everything like that. And you know, that was kind of my
1: I I, I will say when you talk about the guidebooks, um the West End games, mm-hmm. the role playing games. I was yeah. never into role playing games, but right. when I walked into a gaming store and I saw the West End game that by this time, you know, I'm in my 20s mm-hmm. and West End games comes out. and I look and there's a book and I hope I leaf through the book. And there's they have all the characters from the cantina and oh, they yeah. all have a name and an age and a planet they're from and a background and a quick story. And I'm like, oh my god, they're like building this universe! Yeah, so I didn't read all the books, but I did read the Thrawn trilogy, I did read uh, a, a handful of books. I wrote Shadows of the Empire, I read a few. Kind of tentpole mm-hmm. books, few comic series. I
0: read everything up through. I think I ended with the uh, using Bong, uh story arc. That was the last one. And um, I will
1: say, spoiler alert: Lost well, Legends. So it doesn't really, it's not really yeah. counting. But they killed Chewy. I was done. I said no. Nope, yeah,
0: nope, That was kind nope. of that was kind of my thing. And then I read a few of the uh, New Jedi Order um with Luke's Luke's nephew turning rogue yeah. which you know uh, mean, th- but now, um
1: did you feel that the uh the the decision to go to legendary status was a wise move on Disney I, I think
0: it was I think it was okay. I liked how they did it with not necessarily just saying these don't exist anymore. No, but the idea of, and the idea of being able to pick and, you know, pick and choose what they want is a yes. Air, air to the empire was a great, right? That was a great, it was a great sequel. I mean, you know, even though we yes. weren't able to get a, a straight sequel, you know, until 40 years later, but that was a great perfect. sequel.
1: I, it was a great book sequel. I don't know, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion, I don't know if it would have translated to a film as I well. I know some n- people,
0: not 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 at the time. I don't think...
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you got to remember we're doing it, we're talking about like early 90s, you know, here it yeah. is, like about a decade later. So the characters could be, could play, you know, the actors could play their age. So you could do it physically but i just don't know if they would if that storyline yeah would have i mean I, I you know maybe it would have i don't know but I, uh, I,
0: I don't know i mean you know anything with george lucas anything is possible
1: right um. but again that you know that was the first time we were dealing with characters created by george lucas but not really the story mm-hmm. i mean that was something a whole other thing which is why i liked clone wars because when clone wars came out you know you you did have Luke Lucas back in the chair that's maybe yeah. not directing per se but putting a lot of stuff in there um, putting a lot of his own spin on the force and all that other stuff so
0: yeah um with me like at the time especially I was really into airplanes like I was wanting to be air, I was wanting to be a pilot oh wow. and um so like all the tech stuff like I could tell you every uh, there's a time when I could have told you every spec on the on the uh, X-Wing, like the whole history of like what type of engine it had, how fast it go, where it was built, the company that built it. um, Which, by the way, if if you don't know, it's the T-65. The original X-Wing is the T-65 Incom Space Superiority Starfighter.
1: I will say without embarrassment that I am not privy to that information per se. The
0: actual the actual now I don't know if this is still canon or not, but the actual but the old story used to be that the design was actually an imperial design. And uh income, which was a yes. <laughs> Nerd yes.
1: <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> exactly. We're all um, nerds here. It's all we good. Are. It was a
0: um a private own, you know a private uh, company, and they were going to be basically taken over by the emperor and nationalized. And uh, supposedly the story was a bunch of the uh, pe- designers up and left and took all their designs for their new spacecraft, Starfighter, to the rebels, which of course ended up being the X- wing
1: yeah, I don't know if that. I don't think that story has been. They really haven't talked much about the origin of the X wing. They did talk a little bit about the origin of the Y wing, yeah, in um, Clone Wars, but but yeah. not that. I like, well, Lucas I mean, you kind of see. press, you press,
0: see. Yeah, press play.
1: Streaming was just saying, I like that. What he said here that Lucas gave his approval on Heir to the Empire because he liked the outline so much. So, have you
0: seen the video of? It was just a little skit. I think. I think. Um...
1: <laughs> Extra teching no shields (laughs) cut the budget who needs shields cheaper to train a new pilot exactly
0: exactly where it's uh i think it's it's seth green is in it and someone mentions uh, there are like a a table talk with george lucas and someone mentions mara jade and he goes get out get out get out right (laughs) now
1: (laughs) no that was funny yeah yeah um well, one of my favorite stories, one of my favorites that I loved uh, in, in reading the Expanded Universe was the uh, short stories, like the Tales mm-hmm. of oh, yeah. Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, Tales you know, Tales from Jabba's Palace, which just basically told a, a one-off short story with certain characters and what their thing is. A new thing that's come out now that I've been reading, A Certain Point of View, uh, mm-hmm. They have the Star Wars and New Hope, a certain point of view, where basically they go through the story beginning to end, but they talk about different other different characters and what they review mm-hmm. their point of view. Like mm-hmm. I'm in, a, I'm on Empire Strikes Back, certain certain point of view right now, and I and I just got I won't I don't want to give stuff away too much, and again I don't really think this falls under um, canon. I think it's more kind of more theoretical, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a story I forget the name of it but it's basically Admiral Ozel and everything going through his mind as Vader's choking him to death. Oh, <laughs> Like all of like the decisions he made, what led to this, you know, and it's sad, but it's also kind of amusing. So, it, you know, this yeah. stuff like that. And, and, it, and it's just very fascinating. But anyway, back to the uh, legendary, my absolute favorite was a story called We Don't Do Weddings, The Band's Tale. <laughs> and it was... Basically, a story of Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes, and that's where the name came from. It was this book, I think, and it was basically how they, the canteen the band, used to work for Jabba. Mm-hmm. Got a wedding gig as for this kind of rival gangster of for, of Jabba, so she where she was getting married. They go to the wedding. You know, one of the members of the band is a compulsive gambler. He gambles away all their money. They the stormtroopers come in because. You know, they, because they, you know, the Jabba's henchmen called them in. It was a whole big thing. They end up, like, escaping and hiding out in, can, in the cantina. And the uh, war, the bartender, he gets them a job playing there, and that's why they're there. And it's just a great it's a great story. It's not really, you know, Star Wars, like, with, with, with Jedi or the Sith or none of that. It's yeah. just talking about these band guys. And, and as a musician, I get that. Like, you know, with all the stuff going on in the world – You know, here we are as musicians. We just keep playing. You know, play your horn, do your thing, and that's what they are doing. But in the Star Wars realm, and it's it's pretty pretty fun. Have you you ever had a chance?
0: Have you seen the? I think it's I think it's Family Guy where they have the the scene they have this little scene with the cantina where they're taking requests and they're like like the same
1: song. (laughs) Oh, same same song. song. Here we go. Uh, It's awesome. Yes. However, I will say that uh, if you get back to the soundtrack. If those of you have had, if you've collected some of the soundtracks over the years, there is a second Cantina Band song, and you hear it when when uh, when they first meet Han Solo. Um, It kind of swings back. ( cancellations) It's a very cool swing tune. Yeah. And if you guess, it's just called Cantina Band Number Two. Hmm. And you can find it if you do Cantina Band Number Two. You probably find it in YouTube. It's great, and it's so much fun. And it's and I actually like it better. Now I love Cantina Band the first one, but that's one that's kind of overdone, you know. That's the other one is a great it it just goes all over the place. Same instrumentation and it's fantastic. So again, from a music standpoint, there is so much there that mm-hmm. and the other thing that's kind of cool is that I was so, you know, with John Williams, you know, approaching his 90s, I was so happy he got to get he wrote all the music for the nine saga films because it's like it's like his his nine symphonies. Mm-hmm. You know, like Beethoven got nine symphonies and it's like a parallel. John Williams only writes tons of other stuff. He's still writing, uh, but he but he wrote nine epic scores for the nine epic films. And, you know, they're fantastic. And I I can't fault, like, like or d- dislike the movies. I have nothing but good things to say about the, the uh, yes, me too. I'll download it on my phone. Yes. Right here. No. Yes. Yes. So anyway. But yeah, so uh, I would say that uh, another, you know, aspect, you know, going back to West End is um, it's funny. Like from a collector standpoint, you know, it's one of the things I was doing. Whenever I get a flood in my hat in my basement, uh, it it forces me to re-examine the collection, and I actually start to box a few things up that I don't think I want anymore because, you know, as a collector, when you collect Star Wars, and, and this is different for everybody, but you go through different phases you know, in your life. And, when, and it also depends on the movies. Like when Star Wars was done, when Return of the Jedi came out, droids and Ewoks, that was it. There was no Star Wars. That was what they call as in the collecting universe the dark times. From like 1986 through about 1995. About nine or ten years. Yes, there were the books. Yes, there were some comic books. But really, there wasn't a lot to collect. So we found anything we can get our hands on. It didn't matter. We found anything we could find. If I could see found old tumblers from a Coca-Cola, I'd buy them or, you know, kitchenware or clothing, kids clothing. I've I owned a pair of Star Wars sneakers for like a four year old, you know, little tiny pair of feet would never fit me. But it was Star Wars and it was a cool thing. And the box was cool and the art was cool. So you did all that. Then you fast forward to when episode one, two and three come out and there's Star Wars is everywhere. It's oh, in every aisle of the supermarket, it's in every store, everything. And you're grabbing stuff left and right and and it's a great time. Uh, oh, used and abused pod. I, I just bought the 1997 special edition trilogy CDs off eBay. Had them originally, but things happened and now I'm getting them back. Yay! Awesome. Yes, that's the one. That's the one where you can get that Cantina Band number 2. It's like a fourth disc or or a, you know, or it's it's, a, it's another set. It's awesome. It's awesome. But, um, yeah, so there are different times. And then and then after a while, you know, then the prequels came and went. And then Clone <laughs> Wars came, and there was stuff there. Then Disney buys Star Wars, and there's Star Wars stuff everywhere. Then they open up Galaxy's Edge, and there's stuff to collect there. And not to mention every company under the sun, not just Hasbro slash Kenner, but Sideshow, Gentle Giant, Kotobukiya, I mean, all these amazing art, artisan collecting sites, you know, places that – And and eventually, you just kind of go, "Wow!" You have to pick and choose, you know, and it's crazy. And then you run out of room, so you start to say, "Well, what do I want?" Some people go for niche. Maybe I'm only going to collect Yoda stuff. I'm only going to collect Obi Wan Kenobi. I'm only going to collect original trilogy. I'm only going to collect prequel trilogy. You know, for me, I've kind of started to pull back and examine things like, you know, Hasbro. I like collecting Hasbro because it's not as expensive. I collect some sideshow stuff. Um, but again, that's expensive, you know, so I got to pick and choose, but it's been, um, it's, you know, every, every few, you know, and, oh, uh, and when the F- F- force awakens came out, remember force Friday, that was, mm-hmm. those are great times for collectors just to be, to have it be everywhere. You can, you, you can't turn on the TV without seeing it somewhere. It's, you know, and did you ever go to a midnight madness? Did you ever go to like a midnight toy event? No, no. It it's an experience. I can tell you, um. It's it's uh, it's different than going to see the movie. Uh, it's just fun, you know. There's usually a group of people there, like-minded individuals, mm-hmm. and you go in and you and and you know it's it's different now. The Toys R Us is closed, but uh, oh, home decor and Legos, yes. Hey, message me. I'm getting ready to sell off a bunch of my Star Wars Legos. You know, I, I'm I'm making room for other things. So if you if you're interested, I got stuff from going way back to more recent. They're they're loose, but um, but I mean, you know, I'm I'm trying to, you know, thin out the collection a little bit, but uh, yeah, the Force Fridays that came out and Triple Force Friday and Mando Mondays and all the things that they do <laughs> are are. I mean, yeah. I know that just they're just ways for companies to shell out their stuff, but <laughs> very good, Chantel. <laughs> Charles uh,
0: West lives in Macy's.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, oh, Macy's. And then you know, and I think back about like J.C. and Sears, and mm. and all the exclusives. You know, I mean, I will say this: collecting has become a little more of a chore than it used to be. It was fun to just walk into a store and see what they had, and now yeah. you got to go. Like, I just got an email before we went live that Hasbro is releasing a, a whole bunch of stuffs tomorrow, beginning at one p.m. online. So we have to go online and get ready, and like you know, hope that you can get there in time to. Mm. You know put the stuff in the cart and then it then it's pre ordered for like months from now. And then my wife wonders why there's fifteen boxes sitting out on the porch. And I said, I, because I ordered this like I ordered them 15 different times. <laughs> and they all came in one day. So anyway. Nice. nice. But 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 collecting is part of my yeah. oh the Nerf Mando rifle. Yay. Yes. Uh, pre ordered the Nerf Mando rifle.
0: And Dark Saber Elite FX.
1: Nice. And guys, if you want... And, and I don't know. Another... like To me, another moment... Every Star Wars fan... Whether it's original, prequel, sequel... Clone Wars, I don't care. Every Star Wars fan should make a pilgrimage to Galaxy's Edge. Whether it's California or... Um, mm-hmm. Or Florida. They should make it... They, they should make a pilgrimage... And just get up early, go in in the morning, do the boarding group for Rise of the Resistance, but just enjoy hanging out there because you are living in Star Wars. It's not – they have never heard of – this is the thing. Galaxy's Edge, they've never heard of Star Wars. Galaxy's Edge, you're in the world. Yeah. And, that, and every cast member, they're, like, looking at you like, when you say, what's a bathroom? They're like, uh, bathroom? We have a refresher. It's over here, you know, and and that's why I always I, I always in the chat on this on this cat podcast I always say bright suns that's their greeting, and either rising moons or Tilda Spires is their exit is their way of saying goodbye, and it's just a pl- great place to be. The sounds are there. There's you talk about X wing, you know, walking right up to a life size X wing, a wing, the Falcon, and it's just, and you can go around and hack things. I know I cried too, Chantel. I just it just. I was like I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I mean I was standing there thinking back to my 6-year-old self seeing Star Wars and watching that falcon fly around and then being able to walk in there and see it. And it's I know. I mean people if you haven't yeah. done it, you, you don't the YouTube doesn't do justice. TV specials don't do it justice. Pictures on on the internet go. It mm. is expensive, yes, but do it. Save the yeah. money, save your pennies and do it. Because it's yeah. and now they've people are really into it, like fans. Um, meet up, yes, to Orlando, we'll have a meet up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a bit closer to you, Chantal, uh, than it is to us.
1: I am. Um, I will definitely, if we keep going with this podcast and we get a following, I will definitely say let's do a meet up. But oh. um, maybe when there's a, a a Star Wars celebration in Orlando, that's a good time to do it. But we um. Just, I mean, the food, the everything is just otherworldly. And now they have this hotel coming out, and it's just, I don't know, like it's 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 awesome. It's just awesome. So yeah,
0: I mean, definitely. I mean, for me, Star Wars is always an escape. You know, when things when things in real life got, you know, got got bad, or you know, things were, you know, just yeah. You know, I was your typical nerd in school, you know ostracized the the whole typical thing you think of when you think of the nerd that was me. Um so Star Wars was always my escape and my my way to you know kind of escape into a fan you know a fantasy world and when things were bad there's always Star Wars. Yep. That's the way it was for me. And you know I remember there's two things that I remember distinctly with Star Wars. One was when they did the re-release of the original trilogy in theaters. Was that like 97, 96, 97 around that time. And for, especially yeah. for, for me, like I was barely old enough to remember return of the Jedi in theaters. So I never saw a new hope. I never saw Empire. So to see those in theaters for the fir- for me for the first time was just like mind-blowing. It's just like... Because I'd wow. always seen it in small screen. And you now you're that? seeing it big screen remember? just being like...
1: I, I want to say this, that the people who marketed that mm-hmm. should be going down in history as marketing geniuses that everyone mm-hmm. should learn from. Because they... Were able to take. Think about this. They took a 20-year-old movie and made it the number one movie. Yeah. The, I mean, now granted, when they released it was you know in the middle of uh, the winter, which is not a popular movie time. But it didn't matter. But do you remember that first preview, the trailer, with mm-hmm. that where you saw it on the TV screen? Like it was like yes. the entire screen was black except a little tiny TV in the middle, and you saw like the little, like, you know, the fight. And it was like for an, an for an entire generation, the only way to watch Star Wars was on the small screen. But if you've only seen it like this, then you haven't seen it at all. And then X Wing flies out. Yeah. Oh my god! And I would, and, and I'll tell you, for me, that was another like pivotal fan, like you know, my Star Wars story moment, because, um, the uh, oh, but well, just jump over, over to to extra techie and Chantel, uh. Yes, Disneyland is very small compared to Disney World because it's just a, a much more compact area. However, the Disney, the Galaxy's Edge, Batu, are pretty much virtually the same size. So you're not you're not losing anything if you for your for your Galaxy's Edge experience going to Disneyland versus Disney World. You'll have it'll, it, it, the one thing I say they say that it looks a little different because of the the lack the, the different type of sun that Disneyland gets versus Florida. Um, you can actually uh, do um, the color scheme is a little bit different. But other than that, it's it's identical pretty much. Mm-hmm. But back to the thing. Uh, yeah, When I, what was really cool for me on the special editions is that I got to take my wife to see it. And we were just, you know, when we got married, the funny story about that was we had gotten married um, in July of 94. And in April of 94... I I was a first-year teacher. I was already teaching my first year in the middle of my first year. But we bought a house. We bought a house in April. I didn't move in yet until we were married. But I did start moving stuff in from my parents' house. And, you you know, moved a piece of furniture, moved this, moved some clothes, moved over this. And then I moved about 20 boxes of my Star Wars collection in the garage. So, you know, Cindy comes home from work and she looks and says, what are all these boxes? And I said, that's my Star Wars collection. In hindsight, I probably should have waited to move them until after we were married because I because she probably (laughs) she could have. (laughs) She could have ended up like like running for the hills if she had known how much but uh, how, how much Star Wars stuff there was. But then, you know, she understood it. But then we got to see the movies in the theater together, and it was great. You know, we, we oh, had yeah. such a good time seeing it, and it was. And we went to see all three multiple times, and it was just fantastic. <laughs> what do we got going on here in the chat, I have man? No idea. Let's I have crumble, no idea. bring the churro. <laughs> we have a. I think we have a Disneyland. Uh, is it a Disneyland Disney World Throwdown, or is it I just a? Uh, I don't
0: know. I don't know. These, these are all, um, other members of the red five network.
1: (laughs) Well, I am, I'm so happy to be able to be chatting with all you guys and and, and seeing it. Yes, you are. That's fantastic. You are nuts in the job, but I love it. It's fantastic. It's great banter. Um, but yes, I'm a Disney nut as well. Disney vacation club member, Disney D 23 member, you know, I'm a annual pass holder for Florida. Um, it's 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 a it's a place. We were just there two weeks ago. We're going back for Christmas. Uh, we're yeah. going to back probably for the spring break, and we'll go back. And I spent a lot of my summer there, so it helps to have um, a daughter who actually works in. Uh, well, not she doesn't work for Disney. She works for a third party company that works with Disney as an artist. All the artists that they have in the parks that do caricature arts and other type of art gifts. She's one of those artists, so um so she's worked she works a lot down there so we uh we love it it gives us more reason to go down so
0: whoa disneyland in paris wow.
1: whoa that's fantastic oh wow uh that place is one of the most beautiful parks it really is one of the most i mean there's not there's not a lot for star wars fans they have star tours i think but um it is an amazingly beautiful park i've never been there i've only seen videos and vloggers and stuff but fantastic so
0: the third-party company is the empire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's it. Yes. <laughs> now, um, have you ever been on the Star Tours ride, John?
0: I, we I think we talked about this last time. Oh yes, they did, did not have Star Tours when we were there. Right. Um, this was like mid '80s, so I think it was like Donald's fiftieth birthday. It was something, it was Donald's birthday, because I remember the, the, the parade at the end was all geared towards Donald Duck, and, um.
1: Well, it's another, I mean, it's, it's a little bit, unlike Galaxy's Edge, it's a little bit, um, harder to, it's, it's, it's a little hit or miss when it comes to the ride because of this motion simulator, it can make you sick, making motion Hmm. sickness, um. I'm generally it's a lot. Once they switched over to 3D, a lot of people said it was better. I think it's better, um, but you know, my wife had gone on it a few times, and it, you know, after the second or third go around, and, and it, you know, over the course of a day, she didn't uh, feel so good on the third one. So, yeah. you know, but yeah, I love Star Tours. That's another. That's another yeah. great one. And again, I mentioned this on the Disney. Go back to the Star Wars Disney podcast to get more information on this. But I said Disney held the mantra. They held the torch that was. Star Wars, but no one else would. And um, or no one else did, and no one else would, and it was fantastic. And then you know, now it's a little bit outdated, but it's still a lot of fun, and it's still you know, yeah. But lots of there's another uh element to you know part of the Star Wars story.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember one of my other favorite memories is when the uh prequel trilogy came out and seeing the seeing that first trailer you know seeing oh. seeing you know the the fog and then you see the the gun guns walking through the the fog for the first time and you know that line of every generation has its has its saga and then you're know, hearing that hearing that john williams score for the you know yeah yeah yep. oh it was I, just I gotta so- tell you
1: that yeah, and remember you had to download it? Like, there wasn't streaming. No. So no. Well,
0: you... either that or you had to go to the theater. Right. Because um, I remember.
1: What was remember... a movie? What was it? Was it Meet Joe Black or Mighty Joe Mighty. Young? Mighty, Mighty Joe Young. Something like that.
0: But I remember a lot of people bought tickets just to see the trailer and then left because yeah. they, they didn't care about, about the, the movie. They just wanted to see that trailer for episode one.
1: And I remember, like, there was a rumor that I think the movie Volcano with uh, Tommy Lee Jones was going to mm. have the trailer. Yeah. And we went and we wa- waited, and it didn't happen. And we were so mad. Oh. But <laughs> the, the Volcano was pretty good. But yeah. um, um uh, yes, the prequels, uh, the, the the hype was real, man. The hype for those oh, prequels yeah. was. Well, unbelievable. I remember.
0: This was one of the coolest things that that had ever happened to me at that point. Um episode 1 was was debuting and I was working at a grocery store at the time and it was right across the street from the movie theater. And I was working over it was overnight and I got off work and I went directly over over there and they had a radio station that was that was there and they were giving away free tickets. And they had to they had like one free ticket left. Oh. And so they were. They had a bunch of people there, and they said, "Okay, do your best Yoda impersonation." <laughs> and so, um, I don't remember what I said, but you know, everyone did theirs, and of course, it came to me it like, mm? "Take a you give me now." And of course, they're like, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh!" <laughs> so I got <laughs> in free to see, um, to see it the, that first, the first uh, opening day. Yeah. Um, but I remember waiting in line to see like episode two and episode three. And that's one thing I've said this before that I missed about the, about the sequel, about the the sequel trilogy that you didn't necessarily see. See in the sequel trilogy that you did in the prequel trilogy was all the fans waiting in line for hours to get into the movie and just everyone talking. And, you know, it didn't matter. You know, you had people from all walks of life, you know, from, You had your typical nerd. You had your 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 jocks that were there. You had every every race, color, creed, religion, political background. It didn't matter. <laughs> we, all were there to see Star Wars.
1: Um, when uh, when that came out, I was in a, I was teaching and I was teaching at the job I'm now at the high school, and uh, I remember one of my students, you know, when they were doing the press junkets in New York. My my one of my students, his father was, I think, a cameraman for like one of the news agencies, news, news, newsrooms in New York. And so the dad brought the son in, you know, he was like a, a sophomore, a junior in, in high school and he was a runner. He got he got used as a runner. So he would bring coffee or water or whatever to the actors. So then she then he would take pictures with them. So he comes in like a week after the, the movie this whole thing happens and he shows me this is the press so it was a brown like the day the movie comes out. He comes in with his little Kodak envelope of pictures and he's like, Yeah, hey, Mr. Biana, I thought you might find these interesting. And open it up and there he is with uh george lucas there my student is with rick mccallum there he is with anthony daniels there i'm like oh my god are you kidding me i mean with every samuel l jackson natalie natalie portman liam neeson i'm like get out of here you and i'm like oh but it, it was you know it was it was cute and um it was nice for me because i could share that experience with my students they knew i was a huge fan so they liked that in fact i ended up you know You know, I I teach, I live in the town or near the town that I teach, or at least the movie theaters that are in our towns. I live next door to the town I teach in, but the movie theater in my town was the movie theater everybody went to. So Mm -hmm. I showed up, and there were like a whole line of like 40 kids. So they're cheering. And when I'm walking in, like as if I was a, like a one of the people in the movie, <laughs> you know. Like it was, I was embarrassed. I'm like, guys, calm down. It's okay. This, this is me. You know, it's just me. You know, but kids get weird nice. when they see their teachers outside of school. You know, but nice. it was just a fun experience. And even though I will say that we, even the sequel trilogy, while I didn't have that same chit chat experience, like you said, outside, when we were in the theater, it was it was packed with uh, Star Wars fans, and it was fun. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was that great.
0: was one of the most. Most fun! I wanted to that. I remember the second time I got there was a um, I uh, ironically there was a a Star Trek fan club group that was there too, <laughs> and one of them was dressed like a Klingon and had his batlet. So we, I had a a duel with a someone had a duel with a batlet and the and Maul's double wielded lightsaber, which was oh my god hilarious thing.
1: Um. I remember one, one other one fun memory for me. I want to just make me think of it was that with the sequel trilogy, um, it's obviously more recent, but uh, our daughter, you know, she she was a child. She was like her first live action movie was episode one, so mm-hmm. and she was three. So now here she is, she's in college and she went to, but the thing is that the way it worked out was that her her college break. Her holiday break was always the way the movies, since they were starting to be released in December, we would always go see the movie. My my friend and I, and my wife and his wife would go see the movie uh, Thursday night with the very first showing. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I am not a fan of midnight showings. I, you know, because I'm tired. I have usually worked the whole day. I oftentimes have to work the next day. And just think about it, when a, when a movie starts at midnight. It doesn't really start until twelve twenty because of the previews, and then if it's a two and a half hour movie, then it doesn't really end until like two forty, almost three a.m.
0: Yeah,
1: and I had to drive sometimes up or up to twenty thirty minutes to get home. So three three thirty a.m. I'm going home, and I have to get up at five to go to work. (laughs) So an hour and a half of sleep. I don't care how good the movie is, you know. But but then (laughs) excuses
0: excuses.
1: Yeah, I know, but. (laughs) I did like having, you know, then they started, you know, I think what happened was, sadly, to sadly say, um, that whole gunning gunning down situation with a, someone yeah. shooting up a theater with Dark Knight, a lot yeah. of theaters stopped doing midnight shows. And they switched yeah. them out for, like, 6 p.m., 7 p.m., 9 p.m., you know. So we, the first show in this in one of our theaters was always 7 p.m. So Thursday night in December, whatever, the 18th, 19th, whatever it is my wife and I and, and my, my friend and his wife would go see the movie. So we had it, and we'd get home at a reasonable hour. Next day, I'd drive to my my daughter's college in Baltimore, pick her up, take her back, and then we'd go again and see the movie a second time, either Friday night or Saturday afternoon. And it was hysterical taking my daughter to see the movie, especially Force Awakens. We knew what was going to happen to Han Solo. We also knew just hearing my 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 daughter doesn't she doesn't like she could never play poker, because she she um you know wears her emotions on her sleeve for everyone to see. Yeah. So we were we she had a whole bunch of her friends with us and we were with us and was like we took up the whole back row of the theater, and we're watching and when they say about how, uh, um, Kylo Ren's father Han Solo, she was just like wait what now. <laughs> and there was there was nobody in the theater talking when all I heard was my daughter. Wait, what now? You know, and then and then at the end when it was <laughs> when, when they when he goes out on the ledge you know, on the on the walkway the catwalk, she's like, oh no, this ain't good, this ain't good. <laughs> and I just thought that was so fun, and we had a great time, and we did that, we repeated it every year for every other movie that yeah. came out during her four that years is... of college.
0: That is one thing, I I mean, I think a lot of it for me has to do with, you know, for one thing, movies have gotten more expensive over the years, Um, even even from, you know, when the prequels came out to, to now, and, you know, is like, I think I probably saw the episode one probably about 10 times in theaters. It was just, you go, and 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 the same thing with, you know, episode two and episode three, it was just. You just went and, went and went and went and went and went until you memorized the movie practically.
1: Yeah, it's true. Oh, I mean, yes. it, and and well, I will say that that um, some some theaters kind of capitalized on that in a very smart way it recently in the recent films by giving you like for say forty dollars for a reasonable price, you could go in and see that movie Star Wars, whichever one it is, for as many times as you want between mm-hmm. like you know for like two weeks. Yeah, which I thought was smart. I think that was a definitely yeah. a great way to encourage, you know, people to do that. Uh, yeah. Chantel it's so nice to, that when you share those experiences with your children, Amen. You know that's it is. that yeah. I, I was so fortunate. And now, you know, one of the things my daughter has done, and if again you can go on our, if you want, will go to my YouTube Darth Tuba channel. You can see uh, a lot of artwork, and you can go to a T Public store where she has done all this great artwork that looks like the vintage carded art, but more cartoon style. And I just have absolutely you know, she just does it for fun, you know, and I you know, and then when and then when she went down to move to Florida, you know, as parents we wanna you know, she's she wants to be independent, she wants to pay her own way. And I said, Okay, you know, we get that. But I did tell her, I said, you know, Karina, what if I if you if you ever wanna, you know, a few extra bucks, why don't you just do a commission for me? You know, do a Star Wars drawing. It doesn't have to be anything huge. And You know, it and and she's like, Are you sure? And I said, Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, you're giving me beautiful Star Wars art, and I'll, you know, give you 10, 20 bucks for it. It's cheaper than trying to get it at a Comic Con. So, so she does that for me from time to time, and it's beautiful. You know, it's great. And sometimes I get it printed out, I put a lot of it on my shirts, um, that kind of thing. And uh, that's been a wonderful, wonderful meeting. So, absolutely love that. And yeah, it's great you share it with your nieces. Um, you know, just a, just, a, it's just an awesome experience, especially when they connect, you mm-hmm. know, when the kids connect to it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's one that I've been, really...
0: been trying, you know, definitely working, you know, with my daughter, getting her to uh, um, into Star Wars, and even from an early age, I remember, and one of these because usually we by the time we do this, she's already in bed, but um, yeah. <laughs> um. Getting her to I would always have her ask her you ask her, you know, what does Darth Vader say? And she will say that um anyway. Uh she'll say that uh oh Darth Vader says, I am your father, I am your (laughs) father. And then you say, Well, what does Luke Skywalker say? That's not true, that's impossible.
1: Oh, you're good. I mean, yeah, that's fantastic. That's like yeah, which it's it's gonna
0: be it's because she already knows that's the one thing I'm regretting having told her that is because she already knows like, Oh, Darth Vader's looks dead. It's like, ah oh, I'm going to miss that when she finds out when we finally get to watch the,
1: but that's, and that's like a, a, you know, what a, you know, a long debated topic, right. Of what order do you watch the movies in now? Mm. You know, and they, and they, you know, I remember on big bang theory, they called it machete order or something.
0: Machete order. Yeah. Which is for me, it's, Four, five, six. No, four, five. So, New Hope Empire. Then one, two, three. Then six. Right. Because you get the flash. Because you use one, two, three as like a flashback. Right. Once you get the reveal of Darth Vader being.
1: Yeah, it's it's a, that that's uh I yeah that that's, that's now, my, they were that's my you...
0: big thing with with my uh. Ex- Shteky said she's only four, so not quite. Always been my big right. thing is, you know, how old? You know, do we? Do I? Um, you know, because she's still, she's something still a little scare her a little bit, and she's still gets oh, yeah. a little. You know.
1: Yeah, I um, Chatel, I enjoy so. now. I'll watch it in time timeline order. I just think, yeah, when it comes to when you introduce it to someone, I yeah. mean, not to mention, I mean, it's so hard to imagine, but I mean. Anybody said four years old. I mean, kids are going to be born every day, moving on. So you can introduce this to new people. And yeah. we recommend for the first viewing to watch it, episode four, episode five, get that shocker in there before they they hear about it in pop culture because it's, gonna, it's everywhere. You know, I am your father. You know, it's going to be everywhere. Oh, and yeah. then one, two, three, then go back to six. And then seven, eight, nine, you know, that works. Yeah. But, uh,
0: yeah. I mean, mean, to me, it really doesn't. I mean, it's Star Wars. Star Wars is Star Wars.
1: I was shocked. You said you showed episode four when your daughter was three. Well, I showed, I went to, I took my daughter to the theater to see episode one. And I thought I was ready to cover her eyes with Darth Maul, but she, I maybe it was the artist in her. She just liked the colors. (laughs) You know, he's at that beautiful tattoo art, you know, and I I don't know, maybe because you can see his face, he's less threatening than Vader being with a mask. Uh, I don't know. It's because what's under the mask, you know, I'll Mm -hmm. tell you what movie scared the bejesus out of me growing up was the black hole. Disney's The Black Hole, because remember, that was kind of be Disney's answer to Star Wars. So Star Wars comes out. It's amazing, and then all these other Star Wars, you know, knockoffs are like, you know, coming out, and you know, it's Disney, and we were a Disney family. We grew up on the Disney, even the live action. So we were like, oh, this is, this is, uh, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be like Star Wars, but it's going to be a Disney version of it. It's going to be fun, and 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 then we go to see it. And this isn't like the Marvel Disney or the new Star Wars movies Disney or the Pirates of the Caribbean Disney or any of that. No, 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 no. All the stuff Disney came out with in the 70s that was not a cartoon was very family-friendly, silly, you know, Don Knotts and Tim Conway, Apple Dumpling Gang, the Kurt Russell, the computer wore tennis shoes. I mean, very shaggy dog, very mm. silly, silly, goofy stuff. Yeah. Nothing scary at all. Then you go to see The Black Hole. And that movie, first of all, I mean, it was from beginning to end, it was just, it, it left you like on the edge of your seat in like nervousness. And it was a lot of graphic yeah, love bug. Yeah. I mean, that's what Disney was at that point. So to have that was it was crazy different. And I remember loving the robots, or at least the little one. Well, um, I can't remember his name now. Um, I actually have a, they, they came out with a action figure size of Maximilian, which is the big robot. And the, the, the small two robots kind um, of can't think of who they are, but, uh, as, and and I actually put them in the Star Wars collection to see if anybody notices. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it was. A, but beyond that, it was a scary movie. It was very, and it ended really strange. It was very. Have you ever seen it? It's very. I have not. No. Watch it if you get a chance on to. Disney. It's it's. I mean, it's unique for the time. It got great cast. I mean, the whole cast was amazing. Um, but it just, it 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 was just weird. And imagine seeing it as a three, four, five-year-old. It was scary stuff. <gasps> yeah, there it is. And yeah. another beautiful score, um, but but just very and very slow. Like you know, it was like the Star Trek the Motion Picture. It was just oh. a very slow moving movie. You never heard of? You never heard of Black Hole, Chantel? Okay, yeah, the Black Hole. It's uh, it, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm. It's not. I wouldn't say it's like you know epic storytelling it's it was disney trying something that didn't quite work <laughs> yeah. um, but and it and, but it's unique now to see it just kind of like a page in history yeah. in the 70s and disney trying you know now that disney owns star wars you know this was them trying to make their own version of it and it just didn't quite work mm-hmm. but they had action figures they had toys and everything so wow
0: well, right. we're gonna wrap things up here for the for this uh, episode. So, uh, Will, why don't you tell the fine folks out there where they can find you?
1: Oh, very well. Uh, yes, I, as I mentioned, uh, when I'm not doing this podcast, which I love doing, I also do a uh, pre-recorded set of videos on on YouTube called Darth Tuba Star Wars Unboxing Show. It's essentially uh, just a fun. Uh, romp looking through my collection of items that come in the mail, some things that I've had that I've unboxed, uh, maybe you know trips to Galaxy's Edge when we do travel to Galaxy's Edge, uh, and, and a bunch of other things like Star Wars related, and you can just type in Darth Tuba and it should come up, and um, you can reach me at DarthTuba77 at gmail.com, or check me out on Twitter and Instagram at DarthTuba, or Darth Tuba Star Wars unboxing page on Facebook.
0: Awesome. Uh, as I, um, of course with us if you want to get a hold of us the best way to do it is through our email right there or the stars One at gmail.com again send in your videos and your stories um, Email stories to us of your Star Wars story. We would love to hear them We'd love to get them up on the YouTube channel uh, again to search Or um, the stars on YouTube. You'll find us there like and subscribe if you haven't already and we expect to get more stuff uh other ways you can get a hold of us is through our twitter page our twitter account is at War of the stars one we have a lot of fun there um just just a lot of polls a lot of stuff right there of course as i mentioned we are part of the red five network go to Red Five red5network.com for more information and if you want to support the show you can do that a couple ways first of all you can support us to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash war of the stars, or you can buy this cool merch right here. We have t-shirts, sweat sweaters, you name it, we have it. Just go to it right there, spreadshirt.com forward slash shop forward slash war of the stars and get all the cool. War of the stars merch, um, that's about it for us this week. Join us next week where we'll be back here on the same time, same, almost the same bat time, but different
1: yeah. universe. <laughs> another, another universe. So yeah. Love it.
0: Uh, until next time, remember this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Yes, hashtag Red5Family. Until mm-hmm. next time, may the force be with you.
1: Till the spires, guys.